0: We're in a series called I Am, and we're looking at the I Am statements of Jesus. And uh, we're, we're, we're trying to discover who did he reveal, what did he reveal about himself and who he was and what he came to do in this world. It's been a really powerful series. And as we go through Easter, I know that, that God is going to teach us some amazing things about this person of Jesus because of what he said about who he was. Is. So if you want to grab your notes or your Bible, you can follow along with me. We're going to be in John chapter 14 today, and this is what it says. It says, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am and it sounds like a riddle doesn't it <laughs> he says you know the way to the place where i am going thomas said to him lord we don't know where you're going so how can we know the way and jesus answered i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me let's read that statement together one more time jesus answered i am the way and the truth and and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know, me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me see the Father. This statement, this passage, there are some incredible truths in it. And we're just going to zero on, zero in on a few things that we can pull out. Um, a few key truths that, truth, that I think can make an impact on our lives. And Here's just a couple for you today. The first thing is this. The statement, I am the way, the truth and the life. What does it mean for us? It means that we need to look to Jesus to understand the mystery of God. We need to look to Jesus to understand history of yeah. God. You know, when we look back on history, we don't really catch the full weight of the power of what Jesus is saying here. And the reason why is because we, were, when we look back, we look back on the other side of the cross, right? When we look back, we look back and we know of the resurrection, we know of his death, we know of his power, we know of the miracles that he performed. But for the people in this moment, what Jesus is saying here, when he's saying that when you've seen me, you've seen the Father... I mean, that was a huge statement from them. Because for God, for them, God was so otherworldly. God's name was so holy that it was only allowed to be spoken by one time every year in the Holy of Holies by the high priest. And that was it. God was so untouchable that, that the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament was the physical representation of here on him, here on this earth. And he was so untouchable that if you even brushed against the Ark of the Covenant, you would instantly die. There are different stories of of, of men. At one point um, the priests, the height the priests were carrying the Ark of the Covenant across the Jordan River, I believe, and it says that one of them began to slip and a person reached up and touched it to hold it up to keep it from falling onto the ground. And it said immediately He he fell to the ground, dead. He was so holy, so untouchable, so unknowable. I mean, they couldn't wrap their minds around who this God was. He was so unreachable. He was this mysterious, otherworldly God. And here, Jesus is saying, this person that you don't understand, this person that you don't have really a connection with that only one man He's so holy that only one person can enter into the holy of holies and if they even have an ounce of sin in their life they'll fall dead immediately i mean that god he's saying when you've seen me you've seen him that's mind blown for these people You think of him somewhere out there. He's saying, I'm not out there. This is God here. That God chose to put himself in the form of a man so that he can be known by us. He says, you think I'm otherworldly? You think I'm out there? But now, God is here, in the flesh, in front of you. And when you look at me, you're looking at the Father. Jesus is saying, the mystery of God, it's been revealed. Richard Armstrong wrote a book called Make Your Life Worthwhile. In in this book, he tells a story about this couple from Wales began to date in their late 20s and they dated for a few years and at some point um, after a few years of dating they they had a spat um, some sort of argument and and it created a rift between the two of them and, and, and the story says that the woman withdrew from from the man that she was dating but but he was completely in love with her um, and she basically goes I don't want to have anything to do with you I don't want you near me we're done and he was heartbroken The story says that over the next few days, he began to think, what can I do to capture her back? What can I do to to win her heart back? What can I do to to right this wrong? What can I do to to tell her how much I love her? So he got this idea that he would write her a love letter and slip it underneath her door. Now, ladies, anybody in here would say, "Oh, that was so sweet." That might start earning a little bit of a little bit of grace back, maybe. Well, she didn't respond. So the second week, he said, "I'm gonna do it again." So he wrote another love letter and he slipped it under her door. Second week, she didn't respond. He did it a third week and a fourth week. No response after each week, over and over and over and over again. And Richard Armstrong in this story say, says that he wrote letters to her 2,184 weeks in a row. Forty-two years he slipped love letters underneath her front door without a response. Now, I don't know if that's love or craziness, but he did it, and she never responded, And he said "It finally he got to a point where he just couldn't take it anymore. So he did the unthinkable and he knocked on her door. After 42 years of week after week, letter after letter, he knocked on her door and she opened it. And he began to just pour out his life to her and how he's pursued her and tried to pursue her. And he loved her and will she forgive him and could they get married? And she finally said yes when they were 74 years old she said yes it's pretty crazy that somebody would pursue somebody for that long without any kind of response back but that's what god did for us in the beginning the world was created and it was broken by sin by us Man, God didn't give up on us. And when the scripture said that the world was so exceedingly wicked that God decided, I've got to give this place a fresh start, the scripture says that he found Noah and he found grace in the eyes of and if you track through history throughout the Old Testament, you begin to see God writing these love letters of love to his people through the patriarchs, and through the prophets, and through the psalmists. And even when they turn their back on God over and over and over again, God never forgot his people. And then he decides that I so much want to capture their hearts that I'm going to become flesh and I'm going to knock on your heart myself as a human John 3.16 16 says for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish and have everlasting life. God and him so if you've ever wondered what does God think about that God? The person of Jesus.
1: If you ever wonder,
0: how would God act in a situation like this? Towards an enemy or towards whoever? You look at the person of Jesus. If you ever wonder, who does God love? You look at the person of Jesus. see, look to Jesus to understand. You God, look at the notes. The, the, the scripture that I put in your on will 113 Or one, one through three. This is in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. Read this last part with me. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. The writer of Hebrews is saying, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. Jesus is the exact representation of God. If there's any mystery of who God is, we look to Jesus. We to Jesus. The second thought about this, I am the way the truth and life, is that Jesus, That we need to trust Jesus as the bridge to reconnect you to God. We have to trust Jesus be the bridge to reconnect you to God. The Bible says in the beginning that that when man sinned, that we became separated from God. There was a distance, there was a gap that was brought on by sin that we cannot cross. But throughout the Old Testament, he kept telling his people that you can't cross the gap now, but there is a Messiah that is coming, that if you believe in him, the gap will be closed. See, so here's the thing. The bad news is, is that there's nothing that we can do in our human effort to make this right with God. There's absolutely nothing that we can do. It doesn't work. We are dead in our sin, is what the scripture says. That's really bad news. But the good news is, is that what we couldn't do for ourselves, God did for us in the person of Jesus. That we're sin that we're separated and we can't close that gap but he gave us one who could in the person of Jesus he became our bridge there's a really cool video I think many of you may have seen it before you've got a friend in me you've got a friend in me Nice warm, you just remember what your For you got me. Yeah, you got a baby me. Ah, I love that video. How many of you have seen that before? I mean this little girl, she's standing at that edge and she's just like she could have stood there all day. She's like I, I can't get across this, right? Her little legs weren't long enough to stretch. Her little body doesn't have the strength enough to jump. It's just not in her to get across the gap, but the boy. Now, my brother, I wouldn't have trusted my brother with this. As soon as I stepped on his leg, he would have been, whoop, and I would have been in the creek. But this boy, he said, I'll lay down for you. Help me that bridge. I'll help you get across what you can't do for yourself. I'll do for you. You see, if you don't know Jesus... As your personal Lord and Savior, then there's nothing that you can do to make yourself happy with God. There's nothing. The good news is, is that you don't have to. You don't have to do anything. What we can't do for ourselves, Jesus did for us. And the Bible says that if we just accept him, that he becomes our righteousness. We have right with God. Look at the scripture, Acts 4, 11 and 12. It says, for Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that your builders rejected has now become the like cornerstone. Read this next me. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be. See he's in. He's the only way. That's the only way to heaven is through Jesus. That's good news. He's the bridge. Jesus says, I'm the way. There's no other way but by him. He also says, I am the truth. There's more than just being reconnected with God, but he also becomes our standard for living. He is our truth. We believe. That's why I put this next statement in your, your notes. It says that we need to make Jesus the filter for what you believe. It's not just about Him just laying down His life. He wants to be the one that we filter all our other voices and images and ideas from our culture. He wants us to filter it through Him. Yeah. When early missionaries were were coming to North America and evangelizing. They, they would find these indigenous populations throughout North and Central and South America. And, and, and what they discovered was so hard to get these people to let go of their culture that they were coming out of, even as they believed in this new Messiah, this new person. Um, even when they believed in Jesus, it was still hard to let go. In the past particularly in particular particularly in Mexico. The Catholic Church um, was spreading the gospel throughout Mexico, but however, there's a there was a large population of this culture that had a really hard time of letting go of their cultural thinking, and they they created this idea from their past of this this saint called Santa Muerte. Has anybody heard? Santa Muerte is this this saint that they have hold in reverence that is literally the skeleton of a woman, you know, with big hats and and um, and dressed in various clothes and and they 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 kind of worship or pray to the saint to protect their family from from gun violence and from uh from and to receive blessings and and they, and she is considered the saint of death and here are people who are who are professing as jesus as their lord and savior who are worshiping the saint of death it doesn't makes sense. It doesn't connect. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the church, but I also worship dot, dot, dot. Catholic Church came out and said, that's heretics. It's heretics. You can't worship both and be a part of the church and call yourself a follower of Jesus. We say that's crazy, but we kind of do the same thing, it's It's true. Hold on to what our culture says about some of their ideas. People say I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, but but I believe that all roads can lead to heaven. I don't think those two things can be said in the same sentence, because Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the no one comes to the Father but by me. Fifty-two percent of Christians in North America believe that other religions could possibly lead to heaven to just doesn't make sense. It doesn't connect. That's crazy. I mean, if I was to tell you that I believe that I can walk on air and I was going to prove it to you, we're gonna, I'm going to get up on top of the, the church here this morning after service is over and, and because I believe, I'm going to start walking and I'm going to walk right off the end and all you guys can... How many of you are going to go out there and watch this catastrophe unfold Unfold. Right. You're going to say, this could be really cool, right? We're going to see my pastor jump off the side of the building. This is going to be hilarious. I need to get my camera on because it's going to be on Facebook tomorrow. and It's going to have 10,000 shares or this evening. (laughs) It's not even going to last that long. Here's the deal. That no matter what I believe in that instance, there is a truth called the law of gravity that will overpower what I believe in my head. It just doesn't work. The two things aren't equal. And Jesus says, I am the truth, that there is a truth to what Jesus says. Ten years ago in Wisconsin, it was actually November 11th, 1994, so it's actually a lot longer than that, how long is that, 13 years ago, huh, whatever, so it's a long time, 23. It's morning, I'm hot, I'm up on stage, it was a long time ago. Um, November eleventh, nineteen 1994, this was actually an Orlando um, newspaper, a gentleman by the name of Jorge Rodriguez, um, he didn't speak any English, and he was arrested for, for a DUI, he had actually was driving um, under the influence and ran into a car, and uh, they found him there in the car, and they arrested him, and they took him to jail, and he stood before the judge, and he decided that he wanted to represent himself um, in this case. And, but he didn't speak English. And so when the judge told him, how do you plead? Um, he actually smiled and took out a little card that he had in his pocket that someone had given him. And he laid it on the table. And the card that he laid on the table was a monopoly get out of jail. Here's the deal. Two weeks before that, a local sheriff that was running for re-election was handing out these get-out-of-jail-free cards as a way to get people to vote for him as a little bit of a spoof or a gag. And because Jorge didn't speak English and didn't understand what was happening, he took it to be true. Now, how many of you believe that when the judge looked at this card, he was like, Oh, okay, sure, you get to leave. There's no problems here. No. He was fined $1,100 and his, his, his license was suspended and it was time served in jail. Because regardless of what he believed, there was a law and a truth in operation. Now, here's the deal I'll respect what you believe. But what we hold to be true. We need to hold to the truth of Jesus. Because one day we're going to stand before him. And that's who we're going to have to answer to. To Jesus. John 1.14 says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Don't filter Jesus to the of culture. Filter the belief of her culture through Jesus. Make Jesus the filter for what you believe. Here's our last slide. Jesus says, I'm the way, truth, my life. So we need to hold on to Him through life's uncertain passages. We need to hold on to Him through life's uncertain passages. Share, why not? She wrote an article on this, what she says, There's a story about just an article about her and her husband. He says, I've always thought my husband, Ken, was the best husband in the world. What convinced me was when I was diagnosed with the most virulent form of breast cancer, interductal carcinoma, and I was told I was terminal. I only vaguely remember making that horrible phone call to Ken. From that point on, he was the rock that kept me from suicide. He told his bosses that we, he and I, had a crisis and that his wife came before his work and they were very understanding. The next weeks were pretty much a blur through the mastectomy and recovery that followed. Ken was there when they took the dressings off for the first time. I didn't take my eyes off of him. He made no reaction. After the nurse left, I cried. And I asked him his feelings, and he said, "Honey, what I was expecting was much worse than this. Ken never left my son." And he became my caregiver and my nurse. We, had a sev- we have a seven-year-old daughter that did not understand all the facts, but she knew her mom was very sick, and she was very scared. And Kim became, Ken Kim became both mom and dad cooking. Getting her to school on time, providing the TLC to her that I couldn't. He cuddled her and rocked her when she woke up screaming from nightmares. The next period was the darkest point in our lives. Chemotherapy. We were all terrified, but Ken never waited. He went with me, each horrible treatment. He tried to keep me laughing when I truly wanted to die. The anti nausea medication didn't work, and was always there trying to make it easier by drinking ginger ale. Whatever food I craved, it would keep down. They brought me flowers on a regular basis. When my hair fell out, I was devastated. Ken brought me silly hats that he would just caress my hand and say the drugs were doing what they were supposed to do. It was curing our cancer. During one very emotional time, I looked at him and said, why don't you just start looking for him? Tears in his eyes, he looked at me and said, Here, you are my other half, and I have no need for someone else. He finally convinced me that he had taken his wedding vows 22 years ago seriously. We had our share of the better, and now we are getting our share of the worst. The good news is that the oncologist has told us that she believes that I am cured and Ken managed to keep working full-time at his place of employment of all, and at home truly never he always tried to meet my needs no matter how obscure or unreasonable and mainly loved and supported me through it all he put most of his life on hold for me and now it's almost three years later this year we're going to be celebrating our 23rd anniversary and we plan on taking To Alaska. Kid became my life. When I heard that story, I thought about Jesus' words when he said, I am the life. I thought about some of the most difficult, trying moments that I've been through in life. Those moments when I wanted to throw in the towel, give up, just curl up in a ball and cry. It was my eye was His strength. His presence in solving the most difficult passages of life. He came to me become more than just a savior, more than just a guide for truth. He became the strength, the life that I lived by. So when you go through financial devastation, you think you'll never recover. Jesus will be there for you. When you go through that loss that, that you seem you'll never be over. When you face that physical crisis, and the doctor says, we don't know what else we can do. It's in those moments that Jesus says, let me be when we reach the end of our days here on earth and we take our last breath Jesus becomes the life that we enter the next world is our life and that's what he's telling his disciples his disciples were about to face the greatest crisis that they've ever experienced, they were going to watch this one that they followed die And he was assuring them that that even though I may go, I'm going to come back for you and to take you there. You're not alone. I am your life. I have no idea what you're going through in life or what you're facing on your own. But I do know that Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. So I put it here out in You don't have to worry about where you're going if you have a trustworthy God. You don't have to worry. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the one That He made a new way. God didn't ask if I had asked if you were to die today, you know, if you would go to heaven. And you said yes, would you say yes? Because Jesus has become your personal Lord and Savior. You trust Him trust Him. If I'm worried about you 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 I'm worried were to ask you what do you govern your how do you see life through? Could you honestly tell me that Jesus was your filter, the truth? Are you leaning into him through all i questions in life? you you going the Jesus wants to pray for I would be out there. Let me know how much it is.